0: Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of the Walker AC Experience. I am your host, Walker AC, and to you, my friends, yes, you are my friends, I am Adrian, coming to you live from digital download, from a movie theater near you, from uh, Kazaa and Napster, and of course, uh, YouTube? Yeah, we'll go for YouTube. Anyhow, thank you for joining us once again on podbean.com. Please subscribe like, comment, follow walkerac76.podbean.com. And without further ado, let me introduce to you my co-host, the straight man, the man with the intelligence, the man who keeps his show on the rails every single time I screw up, Kevin you, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Kevin, how's it going, sir?
1: Hello, Adrian. Hello, internet strangers. You ever notice that we don't talk about stranger danger as <laughs> online? As much as like, eh, everybody's cool, you know. Listen to this guy tell you what, what vitamins you should be putting into your body.
0: Yes, and what's really odd, I saw this meme many, many moons ago, you know, saying before it was never talk to strangers, but now you hop in a car with strangers, you know, you don't take candy from strangers, but we order Uber Eats and stuff like that. So yeah, we've totally gone, totally gone a, a, a whole one, a whole one eighty on this one
1: hmm And I think, isn't it, isn't it more like the people you know are more likely to, like, end up hurting you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's odd. I mean, nowadays, we don't even adhere to stranger danger. I mean, just think of it. You know, you need to get home. You're not feeling well. You're hungover or something of the sort. Your car breaks down. What do you do? You hop on an app. You call a stranger to come get you. You're hungry. You don't feel like cooking for yourself. What do you do? You call a stranger to bring you food to your house, to your personal house, to drop off food. You have no idea what's been done with the food, if it's roofy, drugged, or anything of the sort. Or even, I even ordered ice cream through Grubhub, and somebody brought me ice cream. How lazy do you have to be not to get off your duff and go to the corner store and get some ice cream? That's pretty bad, folks. I
1: don't know. Me not dealing with the riffraff, not dealing with the crazy drivers. I can see why. And that way, if anything goes wrong, you can yell at somebody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or worst comes to you can give them a star rating. Yes, that mm-hmm. will hurt them. Not a tip. Not complaining to the manager. Give them a star rating. That would definitely, you know, definitely affect their career. Yeah. And
1: I like how you to mentioned Halloween and how um, you know the traditional trick or treat is going to happen. And I think it's kind of odd where people are afraid of the candy from strangers. Like, who has time and money to like you know, try to hurt people that way?
0: Yeah, I always thought it was a myth. When I was a little kid, growing up, we go trick-or-treating. And whether your parents or whether somebody, a stranger, a relative, a friend will tell you, you know, they put razor blades in apples or they poison your candy. And I always believed it. And so I got to a certain age, I think like 11 or 12, where I would question it. I'm like, why would somebody go through the hassle of poisoning your candy or putting a razor blade in an apple? I mean, what, what what sick, sadistic person would do that? And plus, I know who gave me the apple because I knocked on their door. So if my mouth got sliced up, I think I have a grand idea who did it.
1: Exactly. That's like free razor blade.
0: <laughs> we start puberty early here, folks. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in, in, in different cultures, was it the same? I mean, I'm, I'm asking you, of course, because we have a different mm. culture, a culture and background. Was it the same? Yeah. Did you get the same, oh, they're going to poison your candy, or you shouldn't get this type of candy from people, or or something of the sort?
1: Eh, it, it was just vagueness. And, like, it was more of a gain of values. Like, go to rich neighborhoods, get the nice candy, get the full candy bars. <laughs> you know? If you're going to go there in the cold getting candy you know make it worth your
0: while <laughs> well i mean in our neighborhood you know we were kind of uh we were kind of poor so we didn't get the big candy bars or the kit kats and we got like i, I the, you know, like the like the Worsher's candies or peppermints <laughs> or god Ugh. forbid candy corn it was just <laughs> atrocious and then the best part is we go home and our parents would check our candy, and I say it with a slight pause, because I'm doing air quotes. So parents would check our candy. We get back maybe a fourth of our candy. We get we get all the nasty, we <laughs> get all the nasty parts back, like the black licorice and stuff like that. It was it was horrible.
1: <laughs> I never, I didn't know parents did that. What a scheme! Like let me check this. Oh, this is no good. This is um full of ecstasy. You don't want this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so now, as a small revenge plot. I used to do it with my kids. You know, they would rake, they would bring home just all the best candy in the world. I was jealous because I was an old man <laughs> having weird PTSD flashbacks. And I'm like, here, let me check your candy. But my kids were smart enough to know, hey, look, if you want some candy, just ask for some. I'm like, okay, fine, you're right. Just, just give me the good stuff. Nobody gets hurt. And uh, yeah, it's it, it's really weird. And I always wonder. Of course, you we don't have an answer for this because you and I, you know, don't have that luxury anymore. But do they still do trick-or-treating in in neighborhoods nowadays? Or is everybody too scared and want to do it digitally?
1: I think people still do it, but it's not as widespread. I think going to events is more popular.
0: Yes, they do something called trunk-or-treat. Have you heard about that?
1: Yes. Um, I thought that was a super conservative Christian thing
0: no actually not um my son you know before he became of age we would do the trunk or treat thing it was safe because i was a very neurotic parent like most and yeah cars would park up and down the church parking lot or the school parking lot and you know there was handout candy i thought the most boring thing ever but the kids loved it so i mean who am i to judge but i just prefer to go door to door but once again this generation you don't know who's registered or who's not so I'd rather have them do that than, you know, knock on a stranger's door, getting razor blades in their mm. apples. Yeah,
1: I mean, would you rather judge people's cars or judge people's homes?
0: I'd judge your cars. I mean, you know, it definitely says a lot about a person who drives an 86 hatchback, you know, you know, handing out candy to my kid. Yeah, I mean, I'd take candy from a lowrider. <laughs> <laughs> Just save some for me, folks. Save some for me. Uh, <laughs> As we go on, I like to give you and Jeff kudos for your latest edition of the Cereal and Beer podcast. If you guys have not listened to that show yet, it's up on Spotify and, of course, on all the major um, free apps to listen to podcasting. Yes, Cereal and Beer was a tremendous hit. I definitely enjoyed it. Once again, like I told you off air a couple of days ago, you know, you guys did it. You landed the Panda Express comment, which made me giggle like a little schoolgirl. So definitely thank you for that. (laughs)
1: it's the great divide between he and i
0: <laughs>
1: like we agree on a lot of things so it's very interesting when we don't like so far the two issues that divide us quite deeply are Panda express and crocs
0: okay not to step on you and jeff's toes or anything of the sort we're going to go back to halloween candy here shortly because it's entertaining but crocs please tell me you're yeah. you're against crocs correct
1: no, I am not against Crocs. For you see, it's just, they're so utilitarian. You know, they're easy to clean, you know, they're waterproof, they're durable, and you just, when you go out to get the mail, or just, you know, gotta take care of something in the garden, or just, like, go into uh, Publix to get something. Just put on, and there you go.
0: I never understood Crocs. I barely understood flip flops. When I first moved to Florida, my mom bought me a pair of flip flops. I had no idea what they were. I put them on. Instantly, they broke. And you can't run in a pair of flip flops, more or less, ride a bicycle on flip flops. They're the most flimsiest, cheapest things you could put on your feet. And now they come up with a value Walmart brand style of flip flops known as Crocs, where it's engulfed now. It's a fully form filling, you know, form fitting uh flip-flop i just don't see the value in it especially with holes your feet are going to get wet they're much better
1: like for example you know like if you gotta, if you're gonna go to the pool wear your crocs if you're gonna go to the beach wear crocs you'll protect your feet better than, than sandals i mean you're not supposed to ride your bike with sandals that's a ridiculous
0: <laughs> but you have holes and when it rains yeah, it's going to get wet Or if you step in a pool of water, it's going to get wet. Well, then it's still easy to
1: clean. And then also it's like it provides aeration. And also you can put croc charms in them.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Say that again. You put croc what?
1: Croc charms. Yeah, they make them. They make all sorts of interesting stuff. So you can put like little charms in your crocs,
0: you know. You see, I'm pausing on purpose. um, I'm... Okay, Kevin. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm confused. Well, I hope you're sitting
1: down. Didn't mean to blow your mind.
0: (laughs) You are the straight man in this podcast. The man of wisdom. The man of logic. But you just uttered the words, Croc Charms. And you put put charms on your shoes.
1: Right. I mean, imagine, just imagine the Walker Ace Experience logo as a charm for your Crocs. Imagine it.
0: I, okay um and um where does one pray tell get croc charms at and is it i mean is it like the poor man's bedazzler for your shoes or I, i'm it's kind of you're you're correct kevin kind of blew my mind a little bit
1: well it's uh, it's i would say it's bedazzler adjacent it's kind of like you just like put the hole into the uh into the little hole, you know, put the little peg into the hole in your shoe. And there you go. I mean, you can get them on, um, like, probably a lot of, like, Etsy stores for that make them homemade, or you get them on, I don't know, Amazon. Just, you never know what you can find out there.
0: Well, now I know what Christmas gift uh, to get you. So that takes Excellent. care of that right there. Thanks. A Christmas card and a thing of Crocs. Now, I mean, do you prefer yeah. do you prefer Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, or Avatar, or just a plain SpongeBob like Crocs?
1: Mm, I think SpongeBob would be fun. But maybe make classy, you know? Make it like a literary reference, you know? <laughs> like, like the Graves of Wrath. <laughs> <Instead of Crocs. laughs> that, that way you can, you know, class it up.
0: <laughs> Damn it. I was going to go for Miyamoto's Art of War, but no, that's no, fine. I, I guess I'll go the opposite way. Um. <laughs> And also now, you better be pro Panda Express, and just you know, in this in the second part of the debate here.
1: Don't be silly. That's the McDonald's, of Chinese food.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that is that is Manchu walk in the food court of a mall. So uh, no, sorry. It's Panda?
1: the same thing. That's the secret. That's the secret. Everybody, I'm about to uh, I'm about to really spill the. Um, hmm. Beans wouldn't be appropriate. Maybe spill the... Um, Soy sauce, The MSG. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, like, it's all the same. Manchu walk, Pan Express, uh, whatever. It's all the same. It's, like, the same ingredients, probably from the same supplier, cooked in the same way. A different name.
0: Well, I mean, I've always had the feeling that... Every single Chinese food restaurant is always the same. And I'm going to get back to that just in a second, the name itself. But, for example, when I was younger, I worked in a mall for a movie theater. And they had Manchu Walk on one side of the mall, Panda Express on the second side of the mall. Of course, same food, same taste, different price. Fast forward many years later, I get Chinese food maybe, maybe once, twice a month. You know, just to splurge a little bit same food you can go to anywhere and get the same thing and always made the reference to myself i'm like this is all the same it's all this all has to be the same company it really has to i cannot fathom getting shrimp egg foo young in one spot then going five five miles down the road getting the exact same dish cooked the exact same way just for even either cheaper and more expensive so there has to be some sort of racket going on here but it's just like McDonald's, you hit one McDonald's, it's just all the same.
1: Well, of course it's the you know I guess the American-made food that's made for Chinese audience. You know, can't go back to the motherland and just expect that. You know, you ask for crab rangoon, like what the hell are you talking about?
0: (laughs) So crab rangoon is on an actual dish?
1: No, no, there's neither crab nor rangoon in it. Oh, boy. I mean, I, 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 you know, I like to play this game where like, what if the McDonald's of every ethnic food, you know? I can think of Olive Garden being the McDonald's of Italian food, and, like, me Taco Bell as the McDonald's of, you know, Mexican cuisine.
0: Oh, yes. When you think Mexican cuisine, you definitely think Taco Bell. Uh, <laughs> when I was in Germany, I wanted to try all the exotic foods, or the cultural foods in Germany, you know, Wiener Schnitzel or you know pommes or just something and what did my host family do they took me to mcdonald's and you cannot believe the look on my face when they pulled up at mcdonald's looking at me with all big smiles
1: (laughs) it was like here here you go you you fat american
0: (laughs) you know here's your taste of home and i looked at them and i said in german you know can we try something different and he looked at me and said in German, "Wendy's?" No, no, no. You know, I look. I saw a vendor down the street selling um, small pizza pies with goat cheese. I'm like, I want to try that. And in so many words, they're like, "Why?" You know, you have McDonald's here or Subway. I'm like, no, I want the experience. I didn't take four years of German to eat a McDonald's.
1: Yeah, you can get that anywhere. You can go, you know, you go to Austria and get that too. You can go to France and get it too. You
0: know, so I had I had a cheese pizza with goat cheese. They put, it was a small pizza, about a hand-sized pizza with a slab, a of brick of goat, of goat cheese. I wish I was making this up. And it was tons of grease all over my shirt, but it was an experience. And then they said the magical words. They looked at me and they said, Adrian, this McDonald's serves beer. <laughs> and I'm like what I'm like yeah it's served, they serve beer I don't drink beer folks but I had to go to McDonald's just for that experience they actually served me beer I'm like nice. wow this is amazing but I digress let's jete back to the uh, Chinese food part now I'm going to ask a pretty ignorant American question Kevin I apologize in advance are you ready there we go <laughs> <laughs> and that's like a white person going I have a black question can I ask you I
1: have a black
0: question. you know are you the king of blacks yes I speak for every black man <laughs> I have the black parade all by myself um that's right to tell her. Is, <laughs> <laughs> now is it now of course with everything being PC you know for the past couple of decades or whatnot is it still offensive to call it Chinese food Japanese food Asian food
1: um that's a, like that's more like ignorant you know it's like what the hell's wrong with you if somebody confused you know like sushi for like oh let's go to like again you know to a chinese restaurant and get sushi i'm like what the hell's wrong with you i <laughs> you know there's more ignorance asian food be like okay so let's, let's subdivide the genre it's like would you like malaysian food would you like thai would you like you know, Indonesian. <clears throat> I mean, it's kind of like the difference between like soul food and um, southern food.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah, because it's. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, you must be trying to. Talk
1: there. <clears throat> I'm saying it's just it's connected. It's not necessarily the same thing. You know, you're not gonna find like chitlins and neck bones at like uh, at Cracker Barrel. <laughs>
0: That is true. Because the reason why I asked that question, because yes, you are a hundred percent correct and I've been calling myself out on it. It's an ignorant question. But I had Thai food last month with a good friend of mine. And after eating the Thai food, I'm like, wait a second, we can go down the street and get Chinese food at the same place. So there has to be some sort of disconnect a little bit here. And I don't want to sound racist. See, when people say that, they're going to say something racist. But yeah, I don't want to sound racist, but <laughs> when you have that sort of thing, you know, you just kind of go, really? It's, it's just all the same. And I wonder, like you mentioned earlier, crab rangoon, do they have that in Japan? Do they have that in Asia? Or shrimp egg foo young? Or general Tso's chicken? Is this all an American made up thing? Or is that just actual food?
1: That's all made up in America. For you see, um, an interesting tale is looking up the origin of this kind of food. So it all became the, the Chinese immigrants who were here, here in like the Gold Rush era. So Chinese people have been in America for a while. Take that fucking racist. So, <laughs> um, so they came here with the men. And men aren't known to be the, you know, the preparers of food in the culture. So they were like, okay, what do we do? And so... All they had was just food that they had access access to, and some of the cooking methods that they're used to, like using a frying and wok, and so they just improvised. It's like eh, that's close enough, and so it's it's kind of how it got started to have a very condensed uh, way to talk about. I mean, like it was cl- I mean, it's close enough at the time as you can get to anything resembling to the traditional cuisine, because like a lot of the spices and the and the ingredients were not available. And so you know, as you know, it got popular. You know, as like, um, it's I I would dare say it's um, connected further to Chinese American history, about how uh, after World War II they tried to integrate more Japanese and Chinese people into um, American culture by saying, oh, there's they're not you know they're not so different from you and me aka white people <laughs> and so you know they invited you know they try to encourage people to go you know to these chinese restaurants you know that sort of these foods are more catered to the american palate so that's how it kind of proliferated and the food is a lot cheaper to produce and easier to cook um authentic chinese cuisine you can take a long time for example uh, the chinese um delicacy duck, that takes 24 hours to cook you know, it's not just like frying up your, you know, your orange chicken bam, you're done in like five minutes. So, I mean, there's a very interesting history to it all.
0: That is interesting. I mean, I would find that more offensive if, you know, uh, you know it was typical African-Americans make their food and they put, you know, the real ingredients and, you know, the real, the real piece of them into it. And they look down the street and they see a KFC and they go, well, oh, that's the same thing. No, it's not the same thing. So this, exactly. <laughs> this is why I have to ask, you know, when you see a menu and you see Google Guy Pen or something like that, you just kind of just shrug your shoulders or, or just turn your head and go, no, this is real, guys. No, like, no, thank you. Well,
1: I don't go for it. I'm just like, it's just not for me. And like, okay. Because there are some restaurants where, like, they, they put that on the menu because of, you know, they know they have, like, non-Asian clientele. And so, like, okay, just you know, make money, they'll put it on there. But then, you know, you get the other parts of the menu that you're like, okay, well, know, I'll get the yin-yang the fam, like the, or like, you know, or the beef with exosauce. sauce stuff you can't find at, you know, non-traditional restaurants.
0: Hmm, Okay. Yeah, because like I said before, I, I ordered, I ordered, you know, my, my meal and I eat it. And I kind of always wondered, you know, is this – is this real authentic? And of course, once again, it's all just based on ignorance. You know, I can do my research and I can look up shrimp egg foo young. Is that an actual real dish or something I've been used to, used to eating? And I'm just used to it because I think that's authentic, but that's a really stupid thing <laughs> for me to assume. Um, but yeah, I was, I was kind of curious about that. I kind of had to, to throw to throw that in there. We went from uh, Halloween candy to, to Crocs to, to Chinese food now. So, um, what what would be my one last question to you, because I know um we wanted to talk about something uh different. But what is an authentic dish that you recommend trying, you know, versus the regular pork fried rice or general house chicken? What, what you know, what do you recommend as something authentic to you?
1: I would say a nice entry point is a um a dish called um uh Singapore bar noodles. Um and it's, the funny thing about it, it's not, it's, it's like kind of got a little bit of non-traditional Chinese ingredients in it. I mean, it's, um, it's kind of like a thin noodle, and it's um, pan fried, so it's crunchy, and it with it's a curry, a curry sauce. And so, but it's not like, a, it's more dried, and you can get it with veg, and you get vegetables, and your choice of protein. So it's a pretty easy way to get into something that's, you know, not as common and you know it's you know an easy entry point
0: well then that's the case i might have to actually try that because i mean we mentioned before on past shows you know i um, expanding your palette just try something new and different that's out there because there's there's a whole lot more to the world than just what's in your town um so what topics did you have today i'm just kind of curious
1: the, well one that we were t- uh, talking about that could be kind of real interesting is um Um, How are you?
0: I'll stay with hype. Ooh. Do I I go first or do you go first? (laughs) Either way. Okay. I'll go first. Now, before I get started, Kevin, I do want to mention one thing. The last show that we did, the last show that, bizarrely enough, isn't on The Experience, isn't on Spotify, isn't on YouTube... You and I did a show. It was a tremendous show. I was happy. I was proud of it. It was one of the best shows I think you and I have ever done. And guess what happened, Kevin?
1: And a lost episode?
0: Yes. It fell in the ether somewhere because my PC decided to reset itself overnight. And I lost everything. So, yes, folks, this is why last Saturday the experience did not come out. But, A tremendous substitute. Something even better came out. That was a cereal and beer podcast. So you guys (laughs) saved my life on that one. And listening to you guys, it was 50 times better than what you and I did. So now, let me go back into uh, what we were talking about earlier. (laughs) Stereotypes. As everyone know, or everyone should know, if you're just tuning in, I am a black man. I know. Shocker, shocker. I don't have the vernacular. My pants don't hang low. I don't play basketball. No, I don't date white women. white. Well, yeah, actually, I do date white women. Anyhow, um, so stereotypes. Yeah, um, you steal black white women. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm, uh, I'm sticking it to Whitey. Um, so one of the stereotypes is um, I was always told that we like chicken and watermelon. Yes. The uneasy, uncomfortable silence, folks, follows that. Yes. So, I like chicken. Yes, I do. I like watermelon. Yes, I do. I don't like Kool-Aid. No, don't like Kool-Aid. And I don't run fast. And I don't play basketball. I know. Shocker. I know. But, to break into the stereotype. Um, the most common stereotype is our way of speak we speak with a slang uh, we shorten our words and we have our own stylistic way of greeting one another uh, which the white people came up with a new term of it years ago which thank god it did not stick ebonics have you heard of that kevin
1: i have and in academic circles it's called
0: african-american
1: vernacular english
0: i would rather have that then have me called Ebonics. <laughs> ebonics. <laughs> oh, jeez. And must I say, Ebonics is the most ridiculous thing that anyone has ever come up with. It's ridiculous. It's borderline retarded. So I'm glad that that has stick around for very long, but I digress. So yes, for example, with my line of work, I'm on the phone quite a bit. So, you know, people would speak, ask certain questions. Okay, we're coming into the office. Um, who do I ask for? Oh, well, you ask for me. Ask for Walker AC. And this happens every single time. The people walk in. Hi, is Adrian here? I'm like, yes, that's me. Uncomfortable silence. Oh, oh, you're, you're Adrian. I'm like, yes, yes, I am. Oh, I didn't expect. And they stop the moment they say that. I didn't expect. And they go, I'm like, yes. <laughs> Go ahead and say it. I dare you. I double dog dare you. You know, and then it kind of quickly changes the subject and go on to something else. So I'll stop right there um, and I'll go for once again, you know, the voice because I don't, I've been told this for many years and you have no idea how offensive this is, Kevin. (laughs) When, When someone go, you don't sound black.
1: Well, You know the proper response to that is right.
0: My response is, "How's a black person supposed to sound?" And that makes it makes the conversation more uncomfortable. So yes, I'll pause right there, and I'll have you uh, do your turn. Well, the alternative is—that's very white of you to say that. (laughs) (laughs) That's our using that. it
1: It really is. It's kind of like, you know, how like really basic, you know. Folks, they try to spice it up, so to speak, and it only makes them look more white. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Just like, oh, man, you just magnified yourself. (laughs) Oh, boy. Like, don't try. Don't Don't try. (laughs) So me, as a Chinese person, um, I value social harmony. I don't like people who just are out to cause conflict and just have that you know mo where like you know i'm gonna get my want at any cost or i'm just gonna disturb the peace because i can or i just you know they're just being ultra competitive or ultra catty i just don't like that i don't like the conflict it causes i'm just like i tried i'm like through my cultural upbringing and my life experiences i'm taught to value that and it really upsets me when people don't care about it at all but it just yeah it, it's like even little things like playing your music real loud in a car that bothers me real bad because like we're popping right now right outside my house because it's like that's disrespectful so to your community and just there's no I feel like there's no good reason to do it at all is a bizarre thing that people do or just feel cut in line you know like <laughs> why would you do that <laughs> so i mean i try to you know i try to abide by a social group's rules just to show that i try to respect the group
0: hmm understandable
1: and it doesn't need to be my like personal rules as well Because if I'm with a group whose, you know, social norms are not of my own, I try to adapt to it to show that, you know, I'm willing to um, adapt.
0: Uh, I used to try to stick within my culture at a young age. But then as I get older, you know, I have to adapt just just like you've done. I have to adapt because it's not a good idea to be closed-minded. You know, you must be open to anything and everything. I mean, that's just who we are as a, as a species. We must have to adapt you know, with the times because if you just stay in one place, you're going to get stagnant. And to me, that's not a good way to live. So in saying that, being an African-American male, I try to step outside the boundaries and see what's out there. And it's very disheartening getting pigeonholed into just one thing, you know, being placed in just one box. You know, when I'm listening to to music and i've had this happen before again you know it's like oh you listen to such and such thing yes yes i do oh i thought and then once again a little pause and your comfortable silence i'm like no go ahead and say it (laughs) you know (laughs) oh you don't listen to, to to just just to rap yes i listen to rap but i have this weird thing called education so i can expand my mind and listen to a whole bunch of other stuff actually my favorite type of music is punk music and you get the boy, and I'm like yes I listen to punk music I listen to everything from Tori Amos to Tchaikovsky to no listen to everything and then you know you see the steam come out of their ears because they're blown away that, I, that I'm actually cultured I'm like okay guys um, you do know a whole lot of black people listen to a whole lot of different types of music right not just one thing
1: That's commentary on that it is funny how like people show their ignorance and how provincial they can be just by how they react it's like wow (laughs) (laughs) oh boy it's (laughs) it's really funny that way like how how just some people don't even understand how um, insular they can be and like when I overhear those conversations, like, boy, you need to need to get a little bit more out." <laughs> well,
0: I mean, I would assume that um, when you know when uh, when uncultured people, I'm saying very nicely, approach you, do they ever question your language before you even open your mouth? You know, do they? Oh. You know, do they? Do they instantly have that thought of, "I need to speak slow." slow to him or I need to you know, I need to ask him to speak English any, any of that stuff like that
1: well it happened to me overseas where this couple from America were like oh you speak English really well I'm like that's because I'm from Florida <laughs> I'm like oh, I hope inside you've died let me arrange a funeral for you <laughs> but here because of disability sometimes they'll talk to the people that with me instead of me directly and that's really insulting I'm like, I bet I'm higher. I'm, I have better scholastic achievements <laughs> than you do. <laughs>
0: it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's interesting because, I like I said, I, I can't say it enough. I'm 47 years old. I've experienced a lot um, of, you know, like racism, bigotry, stuff like that. But the ones who do take the time to get to know me, it just blows their mind. Now, please, folks, don't misunderstand. Uh, I'm not some, you know, some, you know, some Harvard graduate, not even close people, trust me, I can barely put together a sentence, um, but it's interesting to where people would speak to me and they, and they would say the same thing and say to you, you speak so well, you speak so clearly, you speak so yeah. eloquent, you know, so, so, so eloquent, and I just stare at them like flaming turds are hanging out of their nose, and I'm like, why would you say that? Oh, exactly, oh, yeah. oh! I'm just saying. Um, you, you, um, you, you seem very educated, and, and and you talk so well. I'm like, what do you expect me to say? Are you expecting yeah. me to speak to you in slang? You know, do you expect me to call you my nigga? No, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm, you know, I'm educated. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I. <laughs> this is the way I am, twenty-four-seven, and no. Sl- and no, and no slight on uh, people who choose to speak differently, how they're raised, their background, environment. I'm no, no, no slight against them, but this is how I speak. I've spoken this way since I was psycho remember And to me, it's just utterly funny to watch people stammer and step over their words when they hear me talk.
1: It makes me wonder if they secretly want what I call the cultural tourist experience they want to be a stereotype and that way they can brag about it. That way it can, you know, you try to, you know, go to seventies um slang, speak that job. <laughs> you
0: know,
1: then they could just like, you know, be like, This is my black friend, let me just, you know let me just you know, say word up
0: <laughs> yo
1: <laughs>
0: Hey, this is my black friend, he's my biatch, you know, stuff like that. <laughs>
1: Right. And then what's even worse is that when they don't really learn the important lesson and they just figure out a bunch of new stereotypes, and they, do, they can always say, I can say that because my friend is black.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> can say the N word, can't I, Adrian? Can't I? Really? Can- no. No, you don't.
1: <laughs> exactly. I, 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 I wonder, like, huh, when can somebody non black say that word? Do we just, you know, like, it's like, it's so strange when you think of people that are not, you know, black who feel comfortable saying that. I'm just like, ooh, that's a a bold way of living.
0: (laughs) Wow. I'm like, like, sir, you live on the edge, don't you? You live on the edge. It's it's, it's interesting. Without getting too deep into the woods, is that has anyone ever approached you, whether it be a friend or whether it be an acquaintance and they wanted to use an ethnic slur, you know, around you to, to, get, on, to get on your good side or to, you know, or just to be one of you kind of thing.
1: Um, so I, what bothers me is other Asians using the C word. Cause like I grew up in an area of ignorance. And I hated that. I've had that thrown at me with malice, and I hate that word. And so I don't like it. I just don't like that. And like, I don't care if like your agent, too is like, don't diminish us, you know. Don't, 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 don't try to like take it back because that shit doesn't work, <laughs> you know. Like it's in a lot of ways. Unless we're all on board, taking words back doesn't work. And so I, you know, I've never had somebody that ignorant. What um, I do see in the world, like let me just go into a rant real quick, <laughs> people doing language flexing, I hate it. I think we've talked about it on Cyril and Bear, um, about how if somebody, you know, takes the time to be proficient in, um, especially in the Asian language, they want to break it out, and people, they want that, like, surprise reaction from the be like, oh, wow, I didn't know you could do that, <laughs> and I hate it. Because if someone said, did that to me, I'd be like, okay, cool. Well, uh, let's just use English, because I, I wanted—I was denied of that flex, and just <laughs> be like, I bet my English is better than yours.
0: <laughs> well, it's—it's—it's it, it's, it's really bizarre, because not to—not to dig my hills in even further, it's just growing up being African American had so many challenges, and being called the N word with malice for many, many years, I was so used to it. I thought it was like somebody saying, hey, pass the water. You know, I've just been used to it. And I used to get so upset about being called that for the longest time because, once again, you know, that was the most horrible thing you can be called. Mm -hmm. And as I got older and as I learned more and more about myself, about my culture and stuff like that, I just laugh at it. I'm like, that's the best you got, you know. You're going for the lowest hanging fruit. You're gonna go for that, really? I mean, call me stupid. Make fun of my glasses. Make fun of my Afro. I mean, don't go straight to that, you know. Because I mean, like, what am I gonna do? Stab you? I would like to, but I'm not gonna stab you. You <laughs> you, <could>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, worst comes to worst, now you can get canceled, or or you know, you can put or you can put, to, you can put to a rap song, whichever. But. <laughs> Now, it really doesn't bother me now I understand you know how how ignorant people are still you know or part of their generation they grew up with that so that's something they were accustomed to and even the new generation even the new generation still uses that word as a term of endearment and it's not it never will be and it's just funny to hear non-African American people say that you know, and they go, Oh, it's cool. I can say it. I'm like, no. No, you cannot. If you do, don't say it around me. I'll stab you with an unsharpened pencil. Really, guys? But uh, but one more little anecdote and I'll hand it back to you. And I think you have another I think you have another topic, is that right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't, I think I might have something for you, or we can expound on this even further and just keep on going. Um but, I think I mentioned this before in a previous show, but I think it bears repeating for this particular topic. Um, I have a brother um, who is Caucasian. We adopted him um, in, in, in his teen years. He's part of our family, still is. And he was dating a young lady. And me, back in the day, still reigns supreme now, that I cannot get laid um, if, my, if my nether regions were dipped into a fishbowl full of 50s. <sighs> I digress. So... He introduced me to his girlfriend's friend. We went on a double date years ago, and the date went fine, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the date, I went home first, and my brother came home later. He asked me, I asked him how everything went, and he proceeded to tell me that everything was great. Uh, The girl liked you, but she says something that was very off-putting, so I just left it alone. I'm like, okay, what does she say? After poking and prodding for a few minutes, he told me, he goes, you know, she says, yes, he's a great guy. And He's very cute for an N word. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, run that by me again, please. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's like, he's like, yeah, she, yeah, she said, that, you know, you're cute for, you know, for an N word. I'm like, great, all right, never talking to her again. So, uh, so yeah, that was, you know, that was one of the many tastes of uh, racism bigotry I, I've had, I've had in my experience. Now I just laugh at it now, and I, I'm just glad. And please, just punch that. Uh, you know that my little one doesn't have to go. That that has not gone through that, you know, or, or at least not that I know of. But um, do you have anything else for me before we uh, switch gears here?
1: Mm, yes, I do. Okay. Have you ever seen that show, um, Blackish?
0: I've never seen it. I've seen clips. I have read the synopsis, but I, I've never seen it. And I'll tell you why. And I'll hand it over to you. Sure. And this may sound... Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Like, I've seen a couple episodes,
1: and to me, it's just so odd. Because on one hand, is, you know, the premise of the show, you know, is like a father that grew up in the more of a less diverse, less tolerant area has this now affluent in this bring up a family in an affluent area. And he's trying to impart his wisdom from his cultural experiences to his children. To me, it's just so odd because I'm like, you know, the father is kind of a stereotype. And then the kids are also a stereotype as well, as being like, it's just super odd. And like, to me, it's like fake diversity with no nuance at all. Because you think of the, um, I guess the Asian American equivalent of this was fresh off the boat. Um, It was a show, I don't know if it's still on, it's on ABC, it's based off the life of Eddie, the celebrity chef um, Eddie Wong, and he disowned that show because it wasn't representative of his real life experiences, of the bad things that happened to him, and he's from Florida. And and I kind of saw it as well, I was like, this is just a little too sanitized of a show to accurately represent the, you know, the experience of being a POC in America.
0: Mm. And I agree, and I'll dip into it a little bit further, and then I'll hand it back to you. And this may be, a, as the kids would say, a hot take, but I don't like shows like that. You know, I, mm-hmm. you know, I really don't like shows like that, um, shows like Blackish or, or African-American straight shows or Asian straight shows or stuff like that, because in my opinion, and I could be wrong, not the first time, not the last time, I don't like how they focus on the ethnic background. I don't like it. Seventies, eighties, nineties. You had your, um, you know, a CW shows that were just straight black shows that were just highly exaggerated, like like Martin, or uh, or uh, like the Jeffersons or stuff like that. Look at them millennials. Um, just you know, you know, like what's happening now and this. Shows like that that just focused on, hey, guess what guys, for the next half hour, hour, all you're gonna see is black. That's all you're gonna see. And all you're gonna see is every single black stereotype known to mankind. And and to me, most of the black culture, I can tell you, really don't like those shows. <laughs> just really don't. You know, I mean Medea or stuff like that. I'm like, come on guys, really? No, 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 we don't act like that. We don't talk like that. No, we don't. Even the most language-challenged <laughs> groups don't talk like that. So please don't put us in sh- movies and TV shows like that. Uh, I'm, I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to try to make a comparison to like an all-Asian show that strictly focuses on the stereotypes. Because in my opinion, I mean, it'll be more insulting.
1: Mm. I like. What I think is really interesting is the con- contrast and comparison. And yeah, I do remember some, some of those shows that were like just like marketed towards the black population. Because the all like, you know, like years ago, the only Asian representation you saw in America was stereotypes. Like the re- you're either the nerd or the kung artist or you're the um the, the like a, like a dragon lady or, like, submissive woman. And that's all the representation you got at all. That's all. It's like, wow, it's Connie Chung, amazing! <laughs> you know? And so we didn't, as a, as a, as a, as a group, we weren't um, represented at all until, you know, maybe the later 90s, 2000s, and so on. Um, I mean, I really enjoyed seeing it because I didn't have that growing up at all i mean what's the chinese boy to do for halloween it's like dress up as, as a caricature of your race that'd be <laughs> that'd be ugly <laughs> you know and and to think like you know i really enjoy something like yang chi i really like that because you know it had some representation of you know the chinese population population in san francisco or that movie um turning red it was i thought it was a great movie because it's about two things that they think they really did well is represent the asian you know the chinese population in um toronto and just a girl coming of age and i think they did really well and um so it's nice that there is some better representation out there because they were lacking that for so long and you know and even how they i even don't like it when they had like asians playing races that they're not like in like that movie Memoirs of geisha the two like two of the main main characters were played by Chinese women This story is set in Japan so and plus that story was written by a non-Japanese person
0: yes that's like Tom Cruise playing a guy called The Last Samurai yes anyhow mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, please continue sorry
1: so I think that's a really interesting combination like sometimes like when I'm feeling froggy it's like man I feel like black people and Asian people have the opposite problems like, you know, people are deathly afraid of black people, and people are just consider us the the, the model minority, what all minorities
0: should be like. Hmm. It's it's weird. You know, it's 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 very very bizarre because you know I can walk down the street and a couple will walk around me or walk away from me, and I just. I just always wonder. I'm like, what? Really, guys? You know, I'm the least threatening guy out there, but I guess I look angry. I look pissed off. I Look like I have black rage. But if but if Kevin has a bad day, no one's going to no one's going to avoid him. <laughs> you
1: know? mm-hmm. I mean, that's the best thing about wearing a mask, you know? Cuz nobody knows they have a resting bitch face.
0: <laughs> or they'll look at you and go, he's a ninja. No, uh, just.
1: <laughs> you but just, yeah, even that's a stereotype, I just hate how, like, ninjas got thrown around. Like, like I even saw it in, like, um, the title of, like, somebody that worked in retail. Like, oh, like, I don't know, like, what ninja? I'm like, this is disgusting. What's <laughs> <laughs> wrong with you? <laughs>
0: Well, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, I mean, if I go into a costume shop and I go, hey, I want to dress as a ninja, they'll look at me and go, really? Uh, y- yes. It's, it's Halloween. I, I, I can dress up. It's okay. It's all right. But <laughs> They're
1: but, allowed to go out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they let you out of the house? Yes. Yes, they do, Mazza. Ooh. Um, <laughs> But uh, do do we have anything else before we uh, hop on over to the rants? Because this show has gone by extremely quick this week.
1: Oh, jeepers. Uh, Okay. Uh, I think we're ready for rants.
0: All right. Shall I go first, or would you like to go first?
1: Sure. I'd like to hear what's on your mind.
0: All right. Sweet. So, keeping on the topic of racism, because once again, folks, we cure everything in every show we do. We're not heroes, folks. We're legends. So... (laughs) Uh, I'll tell you a quick little quick little story to add on to my rants, so and I'll pass it over to you. Um, I worked in I worked in a retail shop uh, for a while, and one of the associates from another store came over to help us out, and she looked at me, and uh, she said the, the ignorant thing of you know walk AC, you don't sound black. You know, I've talked to you on the phone many a times, but you know now I see you, you don't sound black. I'm like, oh okay how is a black person supposed to sound? That's once again, my confrontational question. Nine times out of 10, everybody slinks away because they can't answer that question. No, not this time. (laughs) Not this time, folks. Buckle up. So this young lady proceeds right in front of my other coworker who's Caucasian. This Caucasian woman, I wish I was making this up. She pulls out her pants a little bit, slouches her shoulders and does this weird gangster lean walk and starts talking in slang. For about a good twenty seconds, right in front of my face. And she looks at me. And she goes, "Isn't that how you guys talk?" And I had to walk away. For, <laughs> I had to walk away. I'm like, really? I'm like, wow. I'm slightly offended, <laughs> slightly fascinated, slightly, <laughs> slightly proud that this woman had the. Uh, the cojones or lady balls to do this right in front of my face. I'm like, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. But I had to walk back and I had to set her straight. And yes, the words that I said were not very professional. They were not very nice and I shall not repeat them. But about five minutes later, she apologized profusely. But I just found that quite entertaining to know that, and I'm going to use the stupid thing, social media, has painted certain stereotypes in a different light, and has sensationalized it, has condemned it, um, has done everything in his power just to warp the sense of what certain certain ethnicities are, whether it be African American, whether it be Japanese, whether it be Chinese, whether it be Jewish, whether it just be anything. They take it. And they amp it up, and they just throw it out there. So one of the many use, one of the many reasons why the use of the N word is, is you know so prevalent now, you know people can use it in songs and daily speak like it's nothing, not thinking about where that word came from, how it's been used, stuff like that. Like you said, they want to try to take it back. It's not going to work. It's never going to work. I will never, ever walk up to you, Kevin, you, and say, hey, you know, hey, my, and call you the C word and expect it to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I expect you to stab me if I say something like that. <laughs> you know, it's just like you walk up to me and say the N word. I'm going to look at you weird for a second. I can't stab you because I'm black. I go straight to jail. Um, but no, I just said, <laughs> you know, some, some things like that. I just, I just laugh about at my old age thinking that, oh my God, you know, this is the reality. And it has been a reality for a while that certain slurs are just more or less accepted now. So, okay, that's my rant, and I'll just hand that back to you while I'm old man screaming at clouds.
1: Well, um, uh, for those of you that may not know, both um, Adrian and I live in Florida for now. Uh, Florida, and I just feel like Florida and Texas are on a race to go back to the dark ages to see who can, who can be the most backwards first. <laughs> um, it kind of confounds me that rules that affect a vulnerable people like a minority people are made by people that have always had the power. And like the voices of the people that are affected are rarely if ever included at all it seems really strange that way like they don't get to have their voice heard they don't instead of them at all they, they don't have the power they've never had the power and they get targeted and this go this goes for whatever minority group there is out there because you know when you look in history the fingers always been pointed at somebody else um happened to chinese people the um Immigration limits were imposed through the Chinese Exclusion Act, and the government—they—they they freely admit this as well. And that's the first time. As soon as non-white people came to America, then they they were so different, then they point a fear, and then they imposed restrictions, and then, you know, Chinese people couldn't even go back to China, you know, because of the law. But be, or they be? they'd never be allowed to come back and so what voice did chinese people have at that time you know what voice do black people have during you know jim crow era what voice do transgender people have right now what voice does do gay people have or non straight people have during the 90s (laughs) and like we had to and so you know people of diversity had to fight tooth and nail without real representation out there to, to fight back against the hatred and the laws that affect them I find it really strange that the people that have the power are just so threatened when they're always on top. You know, the captains of all industries, the people that hold all the money, they have a very certain demographic and it's always been that way. You know, for, yeah, you get some outliers out there, here and there, but then they become tokenized. So I just think it's really strange that it keeps happening and they keep finding new targets. And then, you know, it's like, oh yeah, them again. This pointer figure, this guy, this guy, or this person, and this person, this person. And they just feel so threatened when people want to just try to demand some sort of equity out there.
0: I always say it's like a bad game of tag. Do you remember the game of tag when you were a kid? You ever play tag?
1: Yeah, I try to avoid playing tag as adults.
0: It's exhausting. <laughs> I don't want people touching me. No. Um, <laughs> and for those of you who are unaware of what tag is, now of course the older people are screaming at the uh, you know their phones right now all it is is you chase somebody and touch them and tag you're it and you have to go touch another person and so on and so on and so on i find it same way via race you know at first those you know, jewish people and now they're like tag you're it the black people and you know now the you know the brown people tag you're it kind of thing like that and it goes mm-hmm. on and on and on while we always find new targets. And it's been, yeah. it's been this way for it's been away for years, and it's to continue on until we find another another target to reach out and say tag your it on.
1: Yep. It also confounds me, like when you are a um, non-majority person and you join in on the hatred. It's so like didn't you forget what happened to people that are like you too? and it's just so strange that they're like as long as i'm not the target it's cool
0: yes and the you know the, the the former target bunches up with with the other group and go okay i'm safe now okay we're gonna pick on them now and hmm. you know and then unfortunately when 9-11 hit i worked in the florida mall and you you're aware of this florida mall kevin just like People were not listening. The Florida Mall is this humongous melting pot. The Florida Mall is one of the biggest malls in Florida, and after 9/11 hit, unfortunately, it was open season on people who were not Caucasian, African American, Asian, Chinese descent. You know the the, the 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 brown people, and I'm saying this a very you know I'm saying this is a very comedic, very you know satirical kind of way. It was their turn to be picked on. And I felt so bad because I know how that was. I know that feeling. I still know that feeling. And for the innocent ones who had nothing to do with it, they got messed with up one side and down the other side. And it just made me embarrassed, you know, to you know to, to be an American, I guess. You know, because you know, to be to be messed with for many, many years and to never get desensitized towards it now it's somebody else's turn. And now you get to see the pain that you went through on somebody else. It's disgusting, man. And I would never wish that upon anybody. Because trust me, I know how I felt when I got called the N-word. Or I know how I felt when I found someone attractive who I wanted to date back then. And they would tell me, you're such a great guy, but I don't date black people. I've heard that, Kevin, so many times. I came up with a solution for that, and that got me in trouble. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) a young lady I dated, or wanted to date, did everything right, blah, blah, blah. And then she finally sat me down and said, you know, I don't date black people. And I looked at her, and I'm like, well, we're all black when the lights are off. And that went over like a fart in church. So uh, she never spoke to me again. But uh, Oh, no, you missed out. (laughs) <laughs> yes my bad i sure did miss that no but um but yes when it's somebody else's turn i don't want to get on the people who are, i don't want to get on the side of the people who are pointing the finger i'd rather just stay on my side and just catch hell for it because something i'm used to but um as the show comes to a close it's been a very interesting kind of show cotton from halloween candy to poisonous candy to racism sweet um, I think we covered the gambit uh, this week. Uh, <laughs> you can always find us on 21 free different platforms, whether it be Spotify, whether it be iHeartRadio, or uh, Google Podcasting, or even Good Pods. If you're uninitiated and want to find us, just do a Google search under the Walker AC Experience. You'll just find a list of every place to find us. And of course, the previous episode of Cereal and Beer has been released for the month of September with Jeff and Kevin. A great hour-long episode of Conversational. Everything conversational. Wow, English language looks tremendous. Uh, full of fun conversations and everything in between. And Before we leave, um, Kevin, do you have any final words? Where can they find you? Anything good to, to end us off with?
1: Well, I... Uh you can find episode cereal and beer across the same platforms as the Walker Ace Experience. We usually post them on our Facebook, so if you know either Jeff or I, you can find it there, you can post and you can um, comment and you can subscribe and like and share and all those things. Um, yeah, we try we try to keep it that way. We don't go out of our way to shove people's faces, because, you know, it's the cool thing to do and not everybody knows what you're doing. Um, <laughs> and to... Uh, Oh, another thing, um, I guess I'll try to um, end this on a, a recommendation, or shout out, like we do in Serial Bear. Uh, We've been talking about stereotypes, and a good, really funny parody movie of 70s exploitation action movies is Black Dynamite.
0: It's <laughs> really
1: funny, really hilarious, and just... You know, even though it was, there was a racist part against Asians, I thought it was still really... I loved you the movie because like, it just like, well, this whole movie's about, you know, making fun of the black stereotypes out there. So, it's a great movie. Highly recommend it. Black Dynamite.
0: <laughs> I have to go back and watch that. Also, yeah, yeah, you want to talk about stereotype movies? Everyone go watch Blazing Saddles. That movie's been chopped <laughs> apart. It's been chopped apart. It's been canceled. It's been complained. But a movie for its time, its generation, and we're going to say this a lot, its generation. As much as we like to get angry for old fogies using the N-word, it was part of the generation. Same thing with movies like American Pie, Blazing Saddles, Porky, stuff like that. Obviously, we can't do that stuff now, but back then, it was part of the generation. And you can blame it on, we didn't know any better Or you can blame it on millennials, blame it on whatever. It was a movie for what it was. It's entertaining. Everybody go back and watch 60s, 70s, 80s, even 90s movies. They were raunchy. They were funny. They were crass. But that's what it was back then. It is what it is. So movies nowadays, my humble opinion, it could be different. It's way too soft. But that's a whole other story for a whole other day. Um, But yes, my special shout out, of course to Cereal and Beer Podcast. Um, they're an awesome group, and I love listening to you guys talk, and I enjoy every single minute of it, even the uncomfortable, awkward pauses where Jeff just mumbles to himself and he hums. I love that. So <laughs> we thank everyone for downloading, for listening, to subscribing to the Walker AC Experience. This has been a Walker AC Experience I have been Walker AC, otherwise known as Adrian. That has been Kevin Yu. You've been my friends, our family, our friends, the one who loves us, the one who hates us. Regardless, you're still going to listen, and we will be back to you next week with uh, more hijinks and shenanigans and tomfoolery. Take care, everyone. We'll see you next week.